Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. In this series, we've been walking through my book, To Love and to Be Loved, Establishing Healthy Relationships. But today I want to talk to you specifically about this word, reconciliation. So let's jump in here and talk about the second portion of the book, To Love and to Be Loved, Establishing Healthy Relationships. So we spend some time really taking a look at what are the characteristics or the traits of a healthy relationship, what are the characteristics or the traits of an unhealthy relationship, and really comparing it biblically to our design and how we are designed to walk in healthy connection. Well, now we've kind of come to the part where it's like, okay, I've gotten educated, I've gotten knowledge on relationships, healthy traits, unhealthy traits, now what do I do? How do I really begin to establish healthy relationships in my life? Furthermore, if I'm already in a relationship and I've acknowledged, come under the realization that there are some things that could be better, what do I do about that? So I want us to talk about the pattern, for lack of a better term, that God gives to us when it comes to really living in this world among people. Now we know that he has asked, what is the greatest commandment? He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength, and you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. In this, he sums up all of the 10 commandments. Love God, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So we hear three relationships going on in this verse. We hear a relationship with God. We hear a relationship certainly with others. But what we often miss is we hear also that there is to be a relationship with ourselves. In fact, he knows like it is natural that we're going to love ourselves, sometimes on a healthy level, sometimes on an unhealthy level. Um, and so therefore he uses that as his frame of reference in which he describes how to love others. So even though it's written, love God, love your neighbor as you love yourself, the order here really is I should love God and be in love with God, recognize God's love for me. I should then love myself, be in love with my design, the design that God has given to me. And we're gonna go into a lot of details on these. Then I will love others as I love God and love myself. So I want you to really recognize this pattern as we begin to move um, and talking about how to establish healthy relationships. Now let's hone in here a little bit on intimacy with God. And this is where that word reconciliation comes along. Now God has a desire to be intimate with you. Now there's a difference between just having a relationship and being intimate with somebody. Now God is forever romancing us through creation. He's continuously, the Bible talks about how he speaks throughout all creation. He is constantly wooing us, drawing us, alluring us into his presence because God has a desire to be more than just in relationship with you. He has a desire to be intimate with you. Now I know for some of you like this is weird, this is awkward. Let me share with you in the counseling room that we can often connect the inability to be intimate in our natural relationships with the inability to be intimate with God. Furthermore, we can also usually correlate the level of intimacy that we have with ourselves. In other words, my ability to self-discover, to connect with myself, to know what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, why I'm feeling it, what the message is I'm hearing, how, that, how I'm responding to that. That all comes under the premise of relationship with self. 
So what we want to recognize is where we want to start is in our intimacy with God. God does not want his relationship to become stale or just mundane with you. He wants to keep the honeymoon stirred up. And so part of doing this is as we continue the process of reconciling all the truths that God has spoken over us in our lives. So let's talk about this word reconciliation. I'm actually going to read the definition to you. The word reconcile means to restore friendship or harmony. It means to settle or resolve, to make consistent or congruous, or to cause to submit or accept something. In the Greek, okay, so that was the Webster de de definition. In the Greek, it means the business of money changers, exchanging equivalent values, the adjustment of a difference, and the restoration of favor. Okay, so what does all this mean? I just gave you all these definitions. I want you to think with me for a moment about when you have blueprints and you're trying to copy those blueprints. You might lay a transparency on the blueprint and you would trace the, the blueprint. God has a blueprint for your life. He has a blueprint for your design. And all of life is me laying my soul, like that transparent piece of paper. My soul is my mind, my will, and my emotion. I'm gonna lay it down on the blueprint that God has given to me for my life and that he's given to you for your life. And every decision, every thought, every attitude, every interaction, I want to make sure I'm lining myself up with the blueprint that God has put in motion for my life. So what does this look like? God says he's given me peace, a peace that is not of this world, a peace that is beyond my understanding. But yet I feel anxiety and I feel worry. This is a place where my soul is not reconciled. It's not lining up. If I were to lay my soul down on the blueprint of peace, I would recognize that, oh man, I'm just all over the place and I have not reconciled. This is one of the reasons why I do a lot of the enforcing prayer demonstrations. So let me give you this example. If I'm walking in fear or I'm walking in worry, I am not reconciled with the peace of God meaning there it's out of order it's not congruous there's i'm not in friendship with the peace of god remember we talked about that definition if you were to uh when our change drawer is not reconciled that means the amount of money in my drawer doesn't match the amount of sales that i had in that day it doesn't line up that's reconciliation that's why we talk about reconciling the cash drawer at the end of the day when every moment we want to reconcile, what am I thinking? How am I feeling? What is my attitude? What are the thoughts I'm having? I want to reconcile them with the blueprints of God. See, God purchased us on the cross, but a lot of times what we have in the cash drawer comes up short and it doesn't match the fullness of his payment. You follow that? I'm going to say that again. God has given us a payment through the blood of Jesus Christ. And often the freedom... The design, the fullness of what we're walking in comes up short and we're not walking in the fullness of the payment that was given to us, our inheritance, the character of Christ, the design. So these are places where we need to reconcile. So the Bible says, be anxious for nothing in Philippians 4, 6. I'm just going to take just that little phrase. When I know that God says, here's the blueprint, 
You are designed to walk in peace and to be anxious for nothing. But I'm experiencing fear and worry and anxiety. That's a place that I need to pause and reconcile and really learn how to line myself up with the peace of God. Another example is um, the Bible says in Isaiah 61 3, he's given me a garment of praise for a spirit of despair. There's an exchange going on there. I've exchanged your despair for a garment of praise. The heaviness, the depression, the oppression for a lightness and a joy and a praise of the kingdom. Now, let's be honest, a lot of times we're not rocking in reconciliation of the exchange that was made there, right? So we're talking about that exchange so that I can line. If I have my, if my cash drawer is not lining up, I need to exchange some monies or some sales or something. And I got to get lined up so that it matches, so that it's congruous and it's harmonious in friendship. My sales are in friendship with the actual money that I have in my cash drawer. So God has made this payment and the payment comes with an inheritance of a garment of praise instead of a garment of heaviness, of despair, of oppression. I might recognize that I am not walking in the fullness of this praise. I feel a heaviness. I'm experiencing a heaviness. I'm, I have a heavy circumstance that I'm walking through. Now remember, what we want to be able to separate here is that just because I'm feeling something, just because I'm walking through something, that something does not become my identity. So when we're reconciling and saying, okay, God, I can feel or experience despair, but I know that I still have a garment of praise and I can activate that garment of praise by coming into an alignment with you, by reconciling with your truth. I'm going to act on that garment of praise despite how I feel, and I'm going to activate what is true in my life. So I'm going to do what I know and not what I feel. Okay, let me give you another example. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that we are called to love one another with, uh, that believes in a way that believes the best. It says unconditional love believes the best. Okay? So when I'm walking in judgment, when I'm walking in criticism, when I'm walking in paranoia of people around me, thinking, oh my gosh, I think they're lying to me. I always assume the worst about people. I am not reconciled with the design of love that God has given to me on the cross. This is a place that I have to reconcile. I'm just giving you lots of examples. God is like, look, I've exchanged your judgment for an unconditional love. I've exchanged your paranoia for a freedom to just believe the best. These are the exchanges that God gave to us on the cross. This is the importance of the scripture. This is where the scripture says in Hebrews 4.12 that the word of God is a double-edged sword and it divides asunder, dividing the soul from the spirit. Okay? So when I'm reading the word like this, all of a sudden the, the afflictions of my soul, I have judgment, I have paranoia, I am uh, scared about this person, I uh, whatever. And, and all of a sudden this becomes exposed and, and the word is dividing, whoop, this is of your soul because the spirit says this over here. So now I have to, I have to, I get to, you get to allow that scripture to yank my soul into what is true. This is the process of reconciliation. Now we often hear about reconciliation being all about God and us this way which it is. 
God reconciled your spirit on the cross. When you came into salvation, you came into an alignment with that reconciliation. You reconciled the work of the cross. The work of the cross exists for all people, but you were not, you did not receive it until you reconciled, came into an alignment. Yes, I agree. Jesus is my savior. I need that salvation. Were it not for that salvation, I would be condemned to hell, to an eternal fire. These are the things in your salvation. That's what that reconciliation looks like. But often as believers, we then don't engage in the process of reconciling our mind, our will, and our emotions. And so we have this knowledge that positionally I am reconciled, but my soul is a mess. My mind is a mess. My choices are a mess. My attitudes are a mess. I don't look like God. I'm not acting like God. I don't think like God. I'm not reaping like God. And those are places where you have to say, look, it is possible for you to be saved, but not reaping the fullness of the favor and the inheritance because you have not reconciled what is true for you. Okay, I'm just giving it to you very straight. I want you to understand, because if you watch any of my videos, you're gonna hear me talking about reconciliation over and over and over again. It is such an important concept. Every day I ask the Lord to seek me, search me, see if there any be any offensive way in me, meaning a way that is out of order, out of reconciliation, out of alignment, not in agreement, God, with what you say about me. God, you say every place I set my foot that you're going to give me success. Yet when I walked in that room, I felt like a victim. When I walked in that room, I felt insecure. When I walked in that room, I felt inadequate. That needs to be reconciled. It is time for us to recognize that if scripture says it, it is true for you. And if you're not walking in it, it doesn't make it less true. It just means that's a place where your soul and your spirit have become divided and they must be reconciled. Let me give you another example. In James chapter 1, it talks about um, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. Um, and it goes on and it says, if you ask God, you must believe because if you don't believe, uh, he's like a double-minded man. He's like a wind tossed back and forth on the waves of the sea. So he's talking about this double-mindedness and somebody who's like given to the, to the ways of the world. And I'm not confident in the things that I'm asking God for. And I'm not walking in the wisdom of God. And, and I feel confused and I feel like I have all these voices and I thought I thought this. And then I talked to my friend and they said this and all of these things, right? And so I'm not reconciled with the voice and the wisdom and the establishment of God in my life. God says he's given you the mind of Christ and that he has silenced the voice of confusion. Yet we experience that. These are places where we have to pause, have a conversation with the Lord and say, God, you say you've given me clarity of mind. You've given me a sound mindedness. You've given me a mind that is not double minded, that is not given in to the waves of my emotions or the opinions of people around me, but rather you've given me a stout heartedness that I can be sure. And so I declare and I decree that even though I have all these thoughts, I speak to those thoughts and I tell you to be quiet, be still, be, be still, be calm, O wind and sea. I speak to those and God, I receive the mind of Christ. You say, God, if I lack wisdom, I can ask you and you give it to me generously without finding fault. And so God, I just receive that as my truth. I come into an alignment 
with the wisdom of the kingdom. I break, I roll out of the alignment with the wisdom of the world. I roll out of the alignment with the wisdom of my friends. I come out of alignment with all of my past and what it has spoken to me. And I come into an agreement with you, God, as my wisdom. This is what it looks like for you to be reconciled. Now it is possible for you to have all the knowledge of all the things that God says are true for you, but still be disconnected, unreconciled. That is why the Bible talks about working out your salvation, that we're in this sanctification process of moving our soul into an alignment with the Spirit. David does this throughout the Psalms when he says, why are you so downcast, O my soul? Don't you recall that God is good? Praise him, therefore, for I will yet praise him. He's talking to his soul. He's speaking to his soul. He recognizes that it's unreconciled, and I've got to grab a hold of that in the spirit, take the authority and the right that God has given to me to speak into my mind and to my emotions and say, I've got to reconcile this. I've got to reconcile this depression. I've got to reconcile this anxiety. I've got to reconcile this anger. I've got to reconcile this offense. Whatever it is, bring it into the throne room. I believe when scripture talks in Colossians 3, 2, where it says, uh, setting your mind on things above and not on earthly things, and your life, having a life that is hidden with Christ in God, I think this is what it looks like to just come into the throne room and hide yourself, hide your soul, tell your, your emotions and your mind. Listen, I'm not talking about ignoring them. I'm talking about reconciling, working through them and bringing them into an alignment with God. So how do we get started on this? Let me give you just a very simple tip. The Bible says we love because he first loved us. So when we're talking about healthy relationships, obviously the foundation of this is love. When we're talking about having a relationship with God, the foundation of that is love. But it is not about your love for him. It is about his love for you. We love because he first loved us. So here's your assignment. What I want you to do is I want you to spend some time every day for about a week and I want you to still yourself. So just take a moment and sit and be still in his presence. Silence your mind. Silence your voice. Silence the music. And just be aware of God's presence. More specifically, be aware of his love for you. What I have found is it is so difficult for people to just relax and receive God's love. Something is going to come in the way. You're going to feel like, oh, I wasn't good enough. I'm not pretty enough. Uh, I didn't perform well enough. I could have done better because of all the voices of my past. I'm unable to really just say, God, I receive your love. I agree with you. I am loved. I am made perfectly in your image. You love me just the way that I am. Do that on a regular basis. Practice that. You might be surprised how difficult it is. I think we've made Christianity all about our love and our affection and our adoration and our devotion to God. But the Bible says we love because he first loved us. And we really should be living our lives out of, the resp out of a response to God's love for us. So I want you to do this assignment and I want you to really just focus on reconciling in your mind, in your heart, in your emotions, in your thoughts, in your circumstances. When you're feeling insecure in a moment, it becomes natural where you're just like, right here, right now, God, I agree that you love me. It doesn't matter what I'm experiencing, what these people are thinking, the insecurity I have, I speak to you and I tell you it doesn't matter because my God loves me. 
This is what I really want you to focus on. I want you to focus. Practice reconciliation by just starting with God's love for you. Okay, you guys, that wraps it up for today. We're going to be working all the way through talking more about reconciliation, falling in love with God, the intimacy that God wants to have with us, then working through intimacy with self, then working through intimacy with friends. All right, so until next time, remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening. 